Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Heather, and you're listening to The Heather Bonham Show. And this is episode 129. Today on the episode, we're going to talk about something I've seen time and time again throughout my career. And my response is often an unusual one, a different response. And so I'll explain. Um, but before we get into the show, I just want to say thank you, express my appreciation for those of you who are coming back and listening to these episodes. I did take pretty long breaks during the pandemic time. I was teaching online. It was just a busy, stressful time for all of us. And I didn't podcast regularly. And I'm pleased that although I've never had a huge audience, at least not yet, I, I've consistently had listeners, and I really appreciate that. So this is a career episode. And as many of you know, if you know me personally, or if you've been listening to my show for a while, I am a career changer. And I've changed jobs many times. I've lived in five different states as an adult. Although I've lived in New York for the majority of my adult life, I've had different jobs. I've worked in the nonprofit sector. I've worked in public education, which is where I currently work. Uh, I've worked for county government, uh, all doing human services, all working with people who had disabilities or children and families who had disabilities. I originally got a degree in uh, psychology and sociology. It was called behavioral science. I got my original master's degree was in family therapy. I thought that I wanted to be a counselor. And then I got married. I moved and ended up not pursuing that, ended up working in disability services, and then went back to school years later, got my teaching degree, and then later got my administrative degree. So I have done a lot of different things. And I realized from the outset, I want to say this in this episode, that I would never say major change has been easy for me necessarily. I haven't ever said, oh, yay, I, I get to move again and I get to change jobs again and leave my friends and make all new friends and all of those things. I'm not saying it was easy for me, but I will say based on a combination of multiple factors, it might have been easier for me than for some. I've had a lot of support in my life, and that was financial, emotional, and in, in every other way, from as a child growing up, from my parents to my husband, my kids. I, I've had support, and I haven't had to do things completely on my own. But with that said, having a family also gives you responsibilities that you might not have if you were single and more independent. So it depends on how you look at it. Um, but yes, I have had a lot of blessings and a lot of factors that made it in some ways, maybe easier for me to change jobs and do the things that I've done. With that said, I know that's not the same for everybody. I know some people really struggle they're shy. They, they have reasons that they don't want to make big changes in their lives. And so it's not easy. Um, so in today's episode, all of that lead up to say, what we're really going to talk about here is making changes when the time is right. And that may be difficult to discern, 
But once again, I've seen a situation with someone I know, and I'm not going to give any personal details, but I've seen a situation with someone I know where they're really struggling at their job. They are struggling and have for several years. This person is educated. This person is good at what they do. Uh, this person on paper should be in the prime of their career. I will say they to not give away even male, female, you know, any details. But this person should be flourishing and they are not. They are unhappy and they are going through all kinds of stress and nonsense at work to the point where they may lose their job. And this isn't the first time. And so I've seen this because, partly because I have moved around a lot and I have been a lot of places. I've seen people who maybe were a good fit for a job at one time, but over time things change. We change, the job changes, and sometimes it's time to go. I've talked about my experiences on previous episodes, but I'll share a little bit of that again in here in a minute. Um, I always have liked the saying, bloom where you're planted. I've always liked that because when I have moved around, I felt that I had some power. I had control over my attitude. I had control over working hard, over re reaching out and getting to know people at a new job. I did feel like I had some control and some power in making the best out of a situation. And a lot of it is mindset, but it's not just mindset. It's choices. It's behavior. Sometimes you don't feel like doing things, but if you, if you fake it till you make it, if you act like you're going to be successful and you act like you can be happy. You can. Zig Ziglar talks about, I've mentioned this before too, but Zig Ziglar talks about a woman who said she hated her job. She came up to him after he had a speaking engagement and she said, I'm just miserable. I hate this job. I hate everything about it. And there's just nothing good. And he challenged her to find anything, anything that was good. Well, they pay me. Okay, so that's something. And and he just, he encouraged her to find a few things that she liked. And every day she would say, I love my job because, and she would tell herself these things. And the next time he saw this woman, she really did love her job. And it was a mindset shift. And so sometimes there is, like it or not, there is something to be said for bright sighting, for looking on the bright side. And I don't think that's toxic. I think that's just managing your mindset to an extent. But when I was thinking about this person that I know and their situation professionally, I also realized something. And I, I think I came up with this. I don't know. But the phrase that came to my mind is, not all plants bloom in the same soil. So even though we bloom where we're planted, and I love that, not all plants bloom in the same soil. We don't all do our best in the same situation. We're all different. So sometimes the soil where you are, and I'm really speaking job-wise, it could also be the place where you live. I'm not speaking about relationships because they're much, much more complicated and the implications of 
being in a relationship or not being in a relationship, it's, that's very different. That affects other people on many levels and, and you need to make decisions with much more care when it comes to other people. But when it comes to a job, that's really what I'm talking about. And if you are in a position that is not right, then take steps to make a change. Even if you don't leave right away, even if it takes a couple of years of going back to school. Again, I know that's scary to people, but because I've done it and lived through going back to school and doing job changes more than once, I know it can be done and it isn't horrible. It's a long game. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon when it comes to your profession and your career. I also really believe in having either a side job or a creative outlet. I very much believe in that. I think a lot of us need that for our well-being, for our happiness. I did a separate podcast where I talked a lot about creativity, artists and writers and musicians, people who need that. And even if that's not your main source of income, it could be a side source of income. And it definitely can be a source of emotional outlet and of feeling like you're doing something for you, something that is your talent in this world. So I, I very much believe in that. And I believe that if you need something different in your career, the only way it's going to happen is if you take those steps. So back to this person who I know is hurting very, very much. And even though it's someone that I know on a professional level, we all share when we get to know people professionally and we talk and you get to see what's going on behind the scenes very often. However, this person has not shown any real, I don't want to say ability. We all have the ability to make the change. Any real openness to making a change. And so it reminds me of the story that Dan Miller tells on his podcast a lot. And I'm sure he doesn't take credit for creating this story, but he says there's a story about an old man sitting on his porch in his rocking chair, and he has a dog. The dog is lying on the porch and whimpers ever so often and looks really uncomfortable, really miserable. And a friend comes over, comes up the porch steps, and, and hears the dog whimpering and says to the man, something's wrong with your dog. Your dog keeps whimpering. And the man says, oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he's lying on a nail. There's a nail sticking out of the board where he's on the porch. And the friend says, well, why doesn't he move? And the man looks at the dog and says, well, I guess it doesn't bother him enough yet. So I will borrow that story from Dan Miller uh, and say to you, I, th I think that happens. We all have reasons for doing what we do or don't do. And those reasons, when we really look at it, it's, it's a pro con 
decision. We stay in situations or we leave situations based on what we think. And remember, we all look at things through a lens, so it's not objective, but based on what we think is going to benefit us or harm us. And when we have a family, we think about that and we think about the implications for our loved ones. People move or don't move based on family a lot of times. That plays in, of course. If you're a parent, you know that. Or if you have elderly parents, that plays in sometimes. It's difficult. I'll say my my parents live my parents live far. I don't even know. I think it's well, it's way over a thousand miles, maybe fifteen hundred miles, fourteen hundred miles. And that is hard. So people make decisions based on many factors and those pros and those cons. But I've seen too many times people say, I can't leave my job because. And the reasons they have are reasons that don't keep other people from leaving that job. So they say, I can't leave my job because of the insurance or because of the retirement benefits. I can't leave my job because of the schedule. And those are valid things. But other people leave their jobs and they have that insurance or that retirement plan or that schedule. It depends on how you value being happy and how you value yourself in the job market. I always felt that based on my background, based on my education, based on my work experience, I had the confidence, and, and that probably is a faith thing as well, because I always prayed a lot whenever I was going to make a, a job change. But I did feel the confidence that I could find a good job. And when I would look for jobs, I always kept in mind that there's something out there that's a good fit for me, and I'll keep looking until I find it. And I'll just keep looking until I find it. And that takes persistence and it is really hard when I would apply for jobs and either not get an interview or get an interview and it didn't go well. Sometimes the most frustrating was when the interview did go well and I didn't get the offer. But in my experience, I have always tried to find something better when I was going to move or when I was going to make a change, I was always looking for something better financially and better in, you know, in these other intangible ways like commute, for example. And sometimes it was a trade-off. So I did have a huge commute for years and it was a trade-off that I was willing to make based on everything else. The Ben Franklin decision-making method is something you, you should Google it. Apparently, this is how Benjamin Franklin made decisions. I believe it was in some of his writings, but it was essentially a pro-con list, but then it was weighted. So certain factors were more valuable than other factors. So for example, um, if you're making a job decision and on the Ben Franklin decision-making list, you, you have your pros and you have your cons. Well, let's say that commute is kind of important to you, but it's not really important. So the pro to a certain job offer, you might get an offer and the commute is 10 miles and your current job, it's 40. 
So you would put, you know, for the new position, well, the pro is that it's a shorter commute. But the other factor, the, the money, the salary, that might be the big one. And if this new position, say it's a closer commute, but it pays exactly the same as what you do now. So that cancels it out. That's not a pro or a con. And the insurance benefits are really bad at the new offer. So yes, it's a closer commute, but because the insurance is such a factor, no, you don't take the job. Does that make sense? So in, the insurance is weighted more heavily. Google the Ben Franklin decision-making and you'll find some things um, online about that. But it's just a way to try to be logical and take emotion out of the decision-making process. But like I said, everything is looked at through your own lens and it's looked at through the lens of now, the current lens. And that changes over time. So when you took a position 15 years ago, um, you know, what mattered then is not the same as what matters now. And when I see people so frustrated in their careers, I feel bad for them. I also try not to overstep and offer unsolicited advice because if they don't want my advice, they don't need to hear anything from me. But here on my podcast, that's my forum and I can say what I want. So that's why I'm sharing this here today. Um, but certainly people change over time and situations change over time and our needs in a job change over time. And if that job is not a good fit, then although I do believe bloom where you're planted, I also believe this, this new idea that really is pretty obvious, not all plants bloom in the same soil. And if you think about it, your job might be the, the, the ideal dream job for someone else out there. And because you're not going and pursuing the right fit for you, they can't have your position. So I do believe that in the scheme of things, there is a good fit for everyone. Uh, but we get complacent and a lot of it is fear. And I know that the reason that people don't make that shift often is because of fear. And it really does come back to a book I've talked about so many times, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. But The Big Leap is a book, if you have not read it, you, you must. You must read it or listen to the audiobook or both because that's what this is about too, is not being afraid to, not being afraid to go for the thing that you're especially gifted in. Now, like I said, some of us have gifts in artistic endeavors. That doesn't mean that that's what we expect to do for our only source of income. Sometimes we have gifts that are not our source of income, and then we have gifts that really can be, can translate into a professional capacity. And we probably all have multiple gifts, but Gay Hendricks' book, the Big Leap talks about having a zone of genius. You also have other zones. You have zones of excellence. You have zones of competence. Zones of, you know, you're good, but it doesn't mean that you're ever going to be excellent at everything. No one is going to be excellent at everything. Um, 
I'm actually grabbing the book right now, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I have a pretty <laughs> beat up and battered copy that I'm going to flip through. And I've talked about this a, a lot, absolutely, on past episodes. But And I did a book study on it, too. Um, but the zone of genius is really what you want. Sure, you can you can be excellent. You can be competent. Those things are important. But what you want is to be your best as much as possible in what you do professionally as well as what you do personally. And then the zone of incompetence is the the zone one, like the bottom level. You really just need to avoid work that spends time in your zone of incompetence. I mean, that's obvious. Who wants to work in their zone of incompetence? Those are the things you're just not suited to do. And you could work really hard on all of your areas of incompetence and maybe sort of be a little bit able to manage them. But honestly, that's a big waste of time. And if you read this book, you'll start to understand that more and more. In work, sometimes we get to something we can do or something we're pretty good at, but it's not the the thing that we're great at. It's not that zone of genius. And I wouldn't say that I've always worked in my zone of genius, but I will say that being aware of it has helped me a lot professionally. It's helped me to recognize when I'm doing work that is best suited to my gifts and my talents. And so because I've done so much of this reading and studying and learning over many years, but because I've done this myself, when I see in other people who haven't done this level of work, uh, when I see in other people that they're really in a mismatch, when they're in, in something that's just going into the ground, I just feel for them. So like I said, this is why I wanted to share this on my podcast, because this is where I can say it. And I wish often, but especially uh, in certain circumstances, I, I'll see some, someone who I think, oh, you're so unhappy where you are, but I don't know you well enough or I don't have a right to, to say anything. So I'm going to share it here and hope that it lands on ears that maybe need to hear it, even if it's not people in my own life who I wish I could say this to. But if you're in a situation that's a, a bad fit for you and you know it, you feel it. You feel frustrated. Sometimes physically, um, you feel exhausted. You don't want to get up and go to work on Monday. You don't look forward to a future in your job, but you feel like you have to stay, um, not that you want to be there. That's when I hear people say, well, you know, I can retire in. And then the number they give is they'll say something like, well, I can retire in 14 years. Or, or 18 years, and I think, oh my gosh, I, I, if that were me thinking I hate my job and I can retire in 14 years or something 
absurd, I would be depressed. I would be stressed. That's a long time, guys. And I feel like partly because of the pandemic, a lot of us got this perspective, this realization that being young and being healthy sometimes that's temporary. I guess being young is always temporary, right? But people had no idea. People had no idea three, four years ago some of the things that would have happened. It it was unfathomable, really. And so a lot of us got this perspective of, you know, really, we kind of do have to live for now. Yeah, we're responsible and we think about our retirement plans and we think about our insurance and we, we think about paying the mortgage down. And those are good things and those are responsible, good stewardship kinds of things. 100%. Definitely think about your retirement. Definitely plan ahead. But I do believe that you don't have to stay in a place that is a bad fit for you to be responsible and plan ahead. I believe there is a very big importance on enjoying where you are now and liking what you do every day and, it, and enjoying the journey, not just saying, well, someday I'm going to retire and then I'll have money. You don't know that. You don't know any of that. And I want to, I want to have money when I retire too. I really do. <laughs> I want to have money when I retire. I want to have a great retirement. I want to have a good pension and good health care. But I want to do something that I enjoy while I'm working for that. And I want to continue my side projects. I want to continue writing. And that's really important to me too. And I just have figured out for myself that I'm not willing to settle in order to have some kind of job and financial security. So my message today is bloom where you are planted, but also keep your eyes open for the soil where you're really going to bloom the best. Go back and listen to some of my very early episodes. I haven't listened to them lately, but I'm going to ask you to. But if you're curious, if you're, if you're curious, if you want to know any more about my career journey and, and that many shifts, actually, not just that, that big shift because I've done it several times, but um, one of the really big shifts of going into education when I said I would never do that. I said my parents were educators. I've had many family members in the education world. And I said that was never what I would do. And I am doing it. And I'm so glad. I really am so grateful that I made that change because it has changed my whole life. It has benefited my family. And it put me on a trajectory to some of those financial and job security pieces that I never would have had, even though, you know, we all say, oh, you're not going to get rich in public education. But I will tell you that it has been better for me than working in the nonprofit world. Real quickly, part of that story is that 
the nonprofit that I worked for was not doing great financially. They often don't. It had a lot of good people with good hearts, but it was dependent on state government funding. And there were changes that we had no control over that were happening. In my job, as it was then, it was, it was going to change drastically over the next few years. I was frustrated already. I, was, I hadn't had a raise since I'd been hired. I'd been there several years. And there was a lot that was difficult about the job. I would come home and just be so wiped out and frustrated sometimes. But it was going to get worse. And I knew that and I saw the writing on the wall. And I knew that, that that soil for me was going to become even more difficult to bloom in. And I remember telling, I was um, close with a boss and a colleague at that time. And I said, ladies, I'm jumping ship. You know, you guys, I really see this as a sinking ship. And I, I hope that you, you guys find another place that is good for you too. And I left first, but within a year or two, they both left as well because the job itself was changing. The way the state was funding our role and the regulations around what we did was changing a lot. And really, it just wasn't even going to be the same job. That job really wasn't going to exist in that way anymore. And I I had to leave. I really did. And I, I'm so glad that I did, even though it was difficult. So if you ever want to know more about that, like I said, listen to those old, old episodes. Just kind of go back and look through the first few episodes of this podcast when it was um, The Learning Coach way back then before it was Midlife Best and then The Heather Bonham Show. But they're all archived or leave me a message in Anchor FM. You can leave a voice message and ask and I'll be glad to do more episodes to talk about career change and what that really takes and the implications of going back to school and the implications of when you're raising a family, taking out your own student loans, because that's a big one too. And all of that, as we know, a lot of that is in limbo. Uh, but with student, with student loan forgiveness and things like that, uh, I, I, that's a, probably multiple episodes and I'm not an expert on that, but I don't know what's going on. Uh, but I will tell you that it was a big financial commitment for me, but I really felt like doing the math and in the long run, I really felt like it would pay off. So as I said, making those decisions based on the information that we have now, but trying not to make them as emotional decisions, trying to be rational and only you really know if you're blooming where you're planted and if it's good soil. So, um, I always, I always say to try to get some good counsel, some good advice from the people who know you and who you trust. Um, and then, and then pray about it and then try to make a good decision. But I, I've seen too many people who are stuck in places they don't want to be. And I, I feel like from an out, from the outside looking in, I feel like they're, they're making themselves stuck and yet it feels insurmountable. So if you're in that situation, I, I really hope the best for you. But 
hopefully this episode gave you a little bit of food for thought and just some perspective. Uh, but like I said, I felt led to share this because I can't necessarily say all these things to people when I, I see them in these situations. And I don't want to overstep and I don't want to say things that people aren't ready to hear or aren't open to hearing. But if you're on the podcast, it's fair game. So with that, I will close out this episode. I hope you're doing well. And as always, take good care of yourselves and those you love. Until next time.